back into it. Now you know there's only been two places I'm preaching from as of late, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and, of course, Acts chapter 2. So tonight let's go to Acts chapter 2 and uh, let's plug into this thing. I pray you had a phenomenal day. And, uh, you know, even after Wednesday's prayer call, how many people in here fighting the good fight of faith? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, after that call, we got email in and folks getting promoted on their jobs, things occurring in their lives. And um, that is just a warm, uh, if you will, symptom of the goodness of the Lord in our life. Amen. So Acts chapter two uh, tonight. And let's just start where we've traditionally started. Verse 38. And while you turn in there, I honor my sweet wife tonight. Let's give her a hand clap. Amen. Thank God for her. Amen. 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 And uh, Acts chapter two, verse number thirty eight, the Bible says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you'll receive the what of the Holy Ghost, the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as the Lord our God shall call. And many other words. So Peter went on to preach using many other words. He did testify and exhort, encourage them, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation or save yourself from this perverse generation. And we learned on Sunday, how many know we are in a perverted generation? Amen. But thanks be unto God for the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to be in the world and not of the world. Amen. And in verse number 41, and I really want you to hone in on this tonight and practice it. Practice it. Verse 31 says, then they that did what, church? How did they receive the word? Gladly received the word. Did you know that your posture uh, during the word of God matters. Do you know that uh, in any church on any given Sunday, there will be people who leave with what is preached or taught, and then there'll be those who just went to church? How many people tonight just convinced you're not going to be one of the people that just went to church? Amen. There are other things I could be doing than to go somewhere for everything to go over my head. No, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for it. Amen. I want to go somewhere, and I want to receive the word. How? With gladness. Amen. They received the word of God with gladness. And the same day, there were added unto them 3,000 souls. Amen. And if you want to know, Pastor, what's your vision and agenda? That's it right there. Matthew 28. Go make some disciples, add some souls, get them converted, and get them delivered from this perverse generation. Amen. How many people in here, you're excited about winning people for Jesus? Amen. And you do know, you do know winning people for Jesus is not just getting them saved, but discipling them, grooming them, getting Satan's flinches off of them, helping them to come into their own, a person who would be uh, a thug and, 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 and would be, uh, if you will, uh, a loser in life. They can meet Jesus, uh, get groomed and discipled. And become a giant in the faith, a mighty man of God, a woman of God. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to turn prostitutes uh, into uh, nurses. Come on, somebody. 
and, and mission field workers. That, that, that's what the church does, you know. Uh, and any time I find myself, and I'll let you in on a secret, getting tired of doing that, I know it's time for a vacation because I know that that is what we do. And as a matter of fact, even now, I'm fresh and ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm back and strong because I had that vacation and I'm rejuvenated and I'm ready to just beat the devil to a pulp and pounce on him and win the souls of people back. I wish I was in the church tonight. Win the souls of people back. That's what we're here to do. Amen. Amen. So that is our mission. Amen. But then in verse number 42, and I'll give you my subject. Verse 42, please. And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. We talked about that one night, uh, the apostles' doctrine. But they continued in prayers. We talked about that a week or so ago. But they also continued in fellowship. They continued in fellowship. I had Sekou in the youth ministry bring the youth in here tonight because um, I think it's critical that they hear this message along with every adult. Uh, go to verse number 43, please, just to prove my point further. And fear came upon every soul. And what happened? Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All kinds of good things started happening. Verse number 44. Uh, and they all that believed, there's it again, were where? Together. And they had how many things in common? All things in common. Everybody was prosperous. Everybody was doing well. Everybody was favored. Everybody who wanted to have a baby had one, even if they were barren. When they got in contact with this church, their wombs opened up. No, 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 really. Everybody was closing houses. <laughs> Everybody was closing houses. I, it, I marvel at this. I, you know, got, got another member closing in another Friday or so. Everybody, everybody. Everybody was blossoming. Young people, everybody was getting scholarships. Everybody was getting jobs, summer jobs. Everybody was doing well. Every, everybody was in nursing school. Everybody was finishing their law degree. Everybody was doing something great. And the only body that wasn't doing something great were the people who weren't receiving the word with gladness. Aha! See, that's what's awesome about an awesome church is, and this is going to really mess with the devil. You will be able to discern who's who. And the way you will discern it is they will ultimately have the fruit of the anointing. No, their life will change. They'll get pregnant despite complications. Their life will change. Things will start getting better because the enemy can fake a lot of things, but he cannot fake the anointing. He comes as an angel of light, but he's not an angel. He can fake a lot of things, but he cannot fake the anointing. He can give you a fake testimony, but stick around long enough. I had a family a couple of years ago, and we finally saw the evidence of this. They came, and Pastor, the Lord just blessed us. Oh, what was it, Melvin? Ten, twenty thousand dollars 20000 And uh, I, I never laughed so hard in my life. Melvin came to me 
after church that Sunday, he said, Pastor, where's the tithe from that? How many know somebody lied? And then ultimately, if you traced them over time, now they're no longer here, but if you traced them over time, you saw the fruit of what you was really working with. You can fake it, but you can't fake it. God took us out of bankruptcy. Show me the paperwork. You can fake it, but you can't really, y'all going to get with this in just a second. You can't really fake it. You, you can act like you're talking in tongues by saying, e ba 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 but that don't mean you're talking in tongues. They had all things in common, and that was they all had the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, they were all prospering. Go to verse number 45, and I'm going to give you my subject. And we'll deal with this on another night. But they sold their possessions and goods and parted them all as every man had needed. Um, people got cars given to them and all kinds of things. Sound like we're in the church of Acts. That's, that's what I think is going on here. I think everybody, <laughs> I think everybody can prosper. Bless his holy name. But they continued in fellowship. Candace. Tonight, I'm going to teach a powerful message from this thought. I want to talk all night long from the power of association. The power of association. Now, notice I did not say the blessing of association. Neither did I say, church, the curse of association. I said the power of association. And I use that term on purpose because whether or not you are associated with blessed people will determine if you function in the blessing of association. Whether or not you are associated with cursed people will determine whether or not you are cursed by association. One great preacher said it this way, whenever God wants to bless your life, he sends a person. Whenever the devil wants to curse your life, guess what he sends? A person. Because a spirit cannot work in your life without the use of a human body suit. Spirits can't function. They can't get stuff done without the usage of a shell. So, again, if God wants to bless you, can he rain money down from heaven? No. Somebody said yes. Mm -mm. No, he can't. Mm -mm. That's a law. And he's not going to break that law. He's not going to rain cash from heaven. You can't find that nowhere in scripture where he rained cash from heaven. He's not going to do that. If God wants to get cash to you, he's going to send a person. God, God didn't put money on my car last week. No, he didn't. He sent a person. If Satan wants to curse you, He's going to introduce you to somebody who sells white powder. And it take you the next 15 to 20 years of your life in and out of rehab trying to get off of it. You were once beautiful, gorgeous, full, just, just high cheekbones, model-like in, in, in look. But one fateful night, young people, and this is why I wanted you all in the room, at a college dormitory party, somebody introduced you to a little heroin, just a little bit, just laced you with a little bit with your marijuana, 
and it changed the rest of your life. Well, that heroin didn't get in you without the usage of a person. Somebody say, who are you fellowshipping with? <laughs> who are you fellowshipping with? And that's what we're going to deal with all night tonight. If you want the power of God functioning in your life, you want the, 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 the Holy Spirit that is, that is useful for the nine gifts of the Spirit to be at work, you can't go to a dead church. For in that dead church, they are not going to preach on the Holy Spirit. Sure, they'll tell you how to love your wife, but you can't love your wife without the fruit of the Spirit. Sure, they will tell you how to save money, but without the fruit of the Spirit, you don't have self-control. So when we try to teach people skills and techniques, it's not because of comprehension. It's because there has not been a transition in their heart that would give them the tools really necessary to stick and stay. You can learn how to do something all day long, but without the transformation that comes only from the Holy Ghost that is taught in a church that believes in the Holy Ghost and fellowshipping with people by which the Holy Spirit is active in. That is the only way you will progress to the next level. I guarantee you one of the major reasons why we had so many people in the last two, three years closing houses is Sunday after Sunday, they heard about their brother or sister two rows over closing on a house. Fellowship. Sekou said something to me the other day when I got out of the car. He said, Pastor, I don't know if you realize it, but uh, you gave birth to something when you and First Lady started having all those children. Now, every man, despite their age, I want you to hear that. You're talking about men in cases, and I'm not going to call names tonight, but men who are 40s, who once said, I'm done with kids. Now having kids. Now granted, many of us will be 70 at our kids' graduation. Melvin, we're on that team together. We will be. We will be going to their medical school graduation. I'm not prophesying a cane, but we will be of age. When Stephen graduates medical school, I will most certainly be of age. Right? But now... What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Because Caleb at 85 had a 45-year-old body because he wholly followed God. But the point of my message tonight is it's because of fellowship. You become like-minded. You close houses. I got one of the most precious emails from Sister Nicole the other day, and she started talking about how much I appreciate you, Pastor, her and her great husband, Joe. And, you know, the main reason why we're in our house today, I'll never forget it. We had that meeting with you, and we were considering staying in written and doing thus and so, and you totally, totally shed a whole new light on this thing. And then because of our fellowship with you, we met Pam, and Pam was the very person who found our house. And now and today we are so very happy and oh so grateful that we have this encounter with you all. I'm going to take my time tonight. That's the power of fellowship and association. Now, I'll give you another example. I'm not going to leave my young people out, and I'm not taking all glory for this, but I remember a time to where back at the school, young people didn't care to quote scripture. It wasn't unpopular. I think in most cases they were made to do it. Their parents told them, you, you know, you learned this rap, so you're going to learn scripture. 
That's what I think was going on. But one fateful Sunday, little Lauren got up and quoted about 13 verses. Changed the whole culture. 13 verses from memory. All of a sudden, kids started saying, "Uh uh-huh. I can quote them, too. I'm a, and Gabe as well. He was up that Sunday, too. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to quote some scriptures. And now, quoting scripture, and we're going to keep it healthy now, but quoting scripture has all become competitive. No, no, them kids be like, shucks, you, you can quote the Bible. I can quote the Quran, the Bible, the book of Maccabees from the Apocrypha. I can quote stuff that ain't even in scripture. Don't teach them that. But all of that comes, y'all, through fellowship. It comes through osmosis. What makes you want to get up and dress and look good on Sunday? You're going to be sitting next to somebody who looks good and smells good and dresses good. Watch those churches that have taken hold of a dressed-down culture. And, and, And watch and see how it gradually but surely degrades the holiness of God. It becomes a culture to to sit on the front row and eat a Danish while you're sipping hot cocoa instead of while the worship team is trying to get you in the presence of God going after him. It becomes a culture. And those things have its place. It's called small groups. That's when you drink hot cocoa and eat Danishes. But how are you going to do a two-step shout? At 10.45 on, seven, on Sunday morning with something hot in your hand. Does that make any sense? But the Bible does say, let everything that hath breath praise you. So how are you going to lift your hand? Are you in here, church? All of that due to fellowship. There, there's a fellowship. And I really want to take my time tonight. Can I take my time tonight? Because fellowship is directly associated with the blessing or the curse in your life. I guarantee you right now, and I don't even need you to think about this because you don't have to be condemned tonight. But if you think about anything missing in your life, it's because of somebody. If you think about anything gained in your life, it's because of somebody. Some people's lives got set back five, ten years because of somebody. Somebody had to recover from a divorce. Well, why did they have to recover from a divorce? Because of fellowship. Now, that's not for my divorcees to feel bad. I mean, you know, God gives you a fresh start. But fellowship, fellowship did that. I I had a $400,000 401k. But we got a divorce. That $400,000, it didn't turn into $200,000 because you had to pay penalties for taking it out too early. It turned into $80,000. I've worked all my life to get that 401k to where it is, but now because of the wrong fellowship, I'm in this bucket. And it's not always your fault, by the way, but I'm trying to teach a principle that fellowship, Mel, brings the blessing or the curse. I can name people, and I won't tonight, in this ministry right now, who since knowing them, their salary has gone up exponentially exponentially four and six times from when we first met and I know for a fact that that is a direct result of fellowship and I'm going to show you scripture to back it up momentarily 
But I want to give you my points early tonight because I just really want to talk to you this tonight because I'm telling you, you're going to win or lose based on fellowship. Before I give you my points, do you know your faith is activated by fellowship? Go ahead and believe God for something today, knowing that he can do it, but then get around some naysayers too long. You have no idea, even though you're saying I'm not taking it in, y'all, it's by osmosis. Somehow, some way, you start to second guess it, what you know God told you you could have. You get ready to buy that house. Hey, girl, you sure your credit ready? You get ready to, I, I really believe in God to get married. Well, you do know what the data says about black women in marriage, or white women in marriage for that matter. Just women in marriage these days. You do know, right? Yeah, naysayers just tearing you down, just convincing you that it can't be done. I'm going to let you in on in my world tonight, and I, I promise you I'm the right man to listen to this. One of the things that I've learned in my current status in the Lord, y'all know my newest saying, you know what I'm doing these days, right? I'm, I'm pastoring. Yeah, I'm pastoring. So one of the things I realized that I have no problem being anymore, I, I think I struggled with this early in my ministry, but now I don't at all. I have no problem being a man of God. I just don't struggle. I don't feel bad about it. I'm being who God called me to be. And so I'm going to let you in on my world tonight on how I accomplished some things by knowing what to do and what not to do. And let me give you a nugget right here to prove that point. And you'll love this, Sekou, because you like these wisdom moments. Well, I remember when we were in the school and we would invite people to come see us. Or I'd be using the waiting room at my practice, invite people to come to Bible study. And sometime their next comment would be, well, y'all hadn't got a building yet, have you? I'd end that discussion right away. Because I didn't need their unbelief to skew my slash our destiny. I didn't worry about them. I turned my attention to people who would come. I preached to the folk who were on their way that I didn't know yet. Some of you who are sitting here today. I, I, didn't, wor I didn't worry about people who would say stuff like, really? That's where y'all worship? I ended that discussion right away. I didn't get vindictive. I didn't get into any kind of back and forth with them. I just said, well, praise God, if the Lord ever leads you, you know where we're at. End of discussion. But now what you really got to ask yourself, and you heard me say this before, and this is going to bless you, but do they have a building? You're letting people scrutinize you that don't have anything themselves. Notice now, uh, birds of a feather do flock together. And you ain't never seen an eagle upset about another eagle flying just as high. But now when you're down there with the chickens and low thinking folk, come on, you're down there with the turkeys, all them low thinking people, the penguins that don't even fly. You're a bird, but don't fly. Somebody caught that. You're a bird by design, but don't fly. Ain't that something? You better flap your wings, get over here with some eagles. For God's sake, at least get with the ravens. Get with somebody that flies. The power of fellowship. I want to give you three points, and I just feel a take-your-time anointing tonight. 
three major components of association that either bless or curse your life. Three major components of it. Number one, communication. Communication, if you're writing. Communication. Well, the Bible says it. We're not going there tonight. But evil communication does what, church? Corrupts good manner. Now, all truth is parallel. If evil communication corrupts good manner, it also means that good communication improves manner. Good communication improves manner. It can improve evil manner. That's how we get a person who was uh, unregenerate, uh, needing deliverance. Well, we can get them delivered if we start speaking well sayings to them. You remind that prostitute that she wasn't made to be one. You remind that drug dealer that those same business skills he had out in the world, man, if you get in the kingdom of God, the way God would use you, well, good communication corrupt, or, or rather improves good manner. So three major components of association. Number one, communication. Good communication produces faith if you're writing. And I'm going to tell you something about communication, and I'll go to my next point. Dear, did you notice? We are communicating even when we're not talking. We're communicating when we're not talking. I had a good pastor friend, and I love him for it. But he was up preaching, and one of his leaders was sitting like, you know, a bump on a log. And he finally got tired of it. And he said, brother so-and-so, you act like you don't agree with me. <laughs> Do you agree? Somebody say that's controlling. No, it's not. Because why is he a leader in that church if he looks indifferent? You can't lead in this church being indifferent. Why is he a leader in that church and the pastor up talking about some a man shouldn't be with a man and or watch this we believe in prosperity how come we lost you on that point how come we lost you on that point amen you are communicating when you're not talking anybody in here married come on husbands how many of you know husbands and wives communicate when they not talk Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You're saying something when you ain't saying something. You're communicating when you're not talking. I can give you some examples of that. Sometimes it's good, positive communication when you're not talking. Sometimes it's not so positive when you're not talking. But either way, you're communicating when you're not saying anything. Come on, somebody. Communication. Amen. The second component of association is inspiration. Glory to God. Number one, communication. Number two, inspiration, if you're writing. That is, the people around me inspire me to do or become something. It's by inspiration. The people around me inspire me to do or become something. I tell people all the time, never go to a church where the pastor doesn't inspire you. Don't follow anybody that can't lead you. But then don't have friends that don't inspire you. Do your friends inspire you? Pastor Rondi always pays me this compliment. You know, he and I both have strengths and weaknesses, and our, our strengths and weaknesses complement each other. Um, you know, he has some specializations uh, that I don't think I have, and I have some that, I, that he tells me he doesn't have. Um, and I think it's awesome He'll say to me, man, when it comes down to that prosperity and believe in God for greater and more, man, you stretch me. 
you inspired me. <laughs> you, the first time he came to this church during our church opening, he got in the back and he just busted out crying. I mean, it just hit him that hard. He was inspired. He was inspired about what the Lord had done. Well, you got to have people around you that inspire you. I heard Andrew Womack say this of Jesse Duplantis. He says, Jesse Duplantis stretches me. He stretches me. He inspires me. Well, I'm going to tell you something about both of those gentlemen. They inspired me because you know what? They did something that I haven't done yet. They did a whole building project debt free. They inspired me. Now, I thank God for the bank. I'm not going to renounce that. How I many you know God can use the bank? And that was the extent of my faith during that period of time. But I'm so looking forward to the next time I build a church. I'm looking forward to doing it debt free. I have been inspired. Well, now, if my favorite people to listen to every day was some cold, dry teacher or preacher that just tells you you got to suffer in life and look forward to going through. And after all, the reason why you have MS is because God is making you. You know, God put this cancer on you because he wanted to use this to. That doesn't inspire me. No, last I checked, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Last I checked in the book of Exodus, he says, I will not put any of these diseases on you. Well, God, if you didn't put them on me, who put them on me? So get me somebody that believes in healing to inspire me so I can get it off me. The first thing you do when you meet somebody that's sick is tell them the promises of God. What John said to the beloved Gaius, is my beloved Gaius that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. Psalm 103, it is a benefit that you be healed. You begin to tell them that for this reason was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. You fill them up with the word of God and you inspire them on what their quality of life could be. How are you going to enjoy the cruise sick? No, inspire me to be healthy. The people around me inspire me to do or become something. But I love number three. Then we're going to get in the word. Is that okay? Number three, emulation. Emulation, very similar to the word imitation, but emulation. E-M-U-L-A-T-I-O-N. I like emulation better. That is, the people around me cause me to become similar, if not just like them. I now emulate the folks in my fellowship. <laughs> I like teaching like this. I don't hang out with pastors that don't preach against the culture. Because we get to emulate each other. I turned the TV on this morning and Pastor Gould was talking about the satanic culture. Well, and I didn't know he was going to preach that today. Sounds like something I preached on Sunday. Now, we don't preach each other's messages. But I tell you what, that's some emulation right there. Like-minded, like-minded people. Well, let me go to the other side of the pendulum. I don't hang around with preachers that believe in being broke. Now, notice I didn't say I won't hang around with a broke preacher. Because I will hang around with a broke preacher who has faith that he can be rich. But I will not hang out with a broke person that just has owned their brokenness. Y'all don't like that. I will felt now. How many know 
verse Timothy 6 and 17, remind the rich not to become what? High-minded. You remember that verse? So, no, we're not high-minded. I'll hang out with a poor person that will believe God that they can have better. I'll hang out with a sick person that will believe God that they can be healed. But I will not hang out with somebody who is poor in spirit. And I'm not talking about the poor in spirit in the Bible, by the way. I'm talking about poor in spirit. That is, they have owned their calamity, and it's just going to be this way for them. Well, if that's your song and dance, you own that. But give me some friends that knows that their father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Give me some friends that knows that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And that's the kind of folk I want to fellowship with. Everybody say communication, inspiration, and emulation. Now, association cannot be taken lightly, young people. Uh, to my right and to my left, because it is one of the most important elements of change in a person's life. Let me give you some quick examples of that. Important elements of change in a person's life. For every Elisha, S-H-A, there is an Elijah, J-A-H. Elijah taught Elisha, some people call him Elisha, but Elijah taught Elisha how to be a mighty man. If you look at their miracles, their miracles parallel each other. They did some of the same, if not similar things. But wait, wait, wait. Go back to the beginning of Elijah's ministry. It was when he made that vow that wherever you go, I'm going. And then Elijah finally had to break down and say, okay, okay, I tell you what. If you hang around with me now, when the Lord takes me up, when the Lord, I'll, I'll, my mantle will fall down on you. Well, that has everything to do with faithfulness to understanding that the blessing that will function in your life is directly tied to how you acknowledge the greater blessing on someone else's. And this is something that we just got to get over. We got to master and we got to own. There is a such thing as greater. There is a such thing as give me what's on him. God told Moses, put some of your spirit in the seven. Put a part of yourself in them. As a result of watching and observing and being around, they are going to be able to take that mantle to the next level. Before Keith Moore, great faith preacher, ever became the preacher he was, he used to fly Kenneth Hagin's airplane. Kenneth Copeland is a son of Oral Roberts. Kenneth Copeland used to fly Oral Roberts' airplane. Y'all not going to get this. It is through that servitude. It is through getting around that anointed. It is through being there when nobody else wants to. When everybody else has gone home, when the crowds have gone. It is those aftermath lessons that you get to get. Oh, uh, let me break it down. It's when you come in the morning and uh, you pray when nobody else feels like praying. And you stay late and you do what's necessary. And you carry bags and you serve. And you get invited to the conference room when you didn't know you was going to be invited. And then all of a sudden you're around all of this wealth of knowledge and wisdom and prosperity and favor. All because you were in the right place at the right time. And that blessing and that anointing that is on those around you gets reinterpreted to you. I'm taking my time tonight. Amen. Elijah, Elijah. Come on, ladies, I'm not leaving you now. But for every Ruth, there was a Naomi. 
Now, you cannot do what Orpah did. You cannot go back. You got to stick around Naomi. It was Naomi that ushered Ruth into her marriage. Y'all going to catch up with me in a minute. And see, that's what's wrong with many of our women. I don't need nobody. Don't nobody teach me nothing. I don't need. Y'all, that's the spirit of Jezebel. You don't take no instructions. They tell you what to do. But now I don't need. No, read your Bible. Titus chapter 2. Tell the older women to teach the younger women. Teach them. And I got a curveball for you because this is going to bless you. It's not always older women by age. Because some of the most foolish women are the ones that are old by age. Uh Uh-oh. Got no sense, no sensibility, no spiritual insight. That's why they're still single. That's why they still have nothing. That's why their family won't have nothing to do with them. Because they weren't able to be taught themselves. So you stop gravitating to somebody just because they got age. You look at their fruit. What what is their fruit? What is the evidence of their age? I'm teaching good tonight. No, you find the one that's older in the spirit. First lady is, 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 is what, 40 years old, but my God, she outruns so many in the spirit. And you get up under that and you say, no, teach me, teach me, show me, give me, tell me, please help me. How can I? What did you? How did you? Where did you? Amen. Because for every Ruth, there was a Naomi. For every great man of God, don't get it twisted. Pastor Gabe is not who he is because he was great by definition. No, what I've learned how to do is become a great student. And get around other great men throughout my ministerial career. I don't have time to call all the names. Some went aside. Some some left, lost their way with God. And and, and that's fine. But I tell you what, back in the times where they were in it and doing it God's way, I would be a student. I would listen. I would get what I could. I'd hop off the organ and carry a bag. Because that blessing by association is the same anointing that's going to be on our life. Am I doing okay tonight? Let's go to Genesis chapter 30, verse 27. Now, remember now, you are going to be blessed because of somebody. That's the bottom line. No Lone Ranger blessings are handed out. You are going to be blessed by association. I tell people all the time, stick around KCC, and I'm going to stop saying long enough, just come to stay. You know, we give people terms and conditions. Stay with us a year, and if nothing happens, you want to stay with God a year? No, get somewhere, stay, stick around, do the lessons, go to women's fellowship, participate in small. I mean, just do everything. Just be about it. Be about it. And see, won't God change your life? Amen. But go over to Genesis chapter 30, verse 27. Everybody say association. You're going to be blessed. Your blessing, if you're writing, every major blessing in your life can be traced back to a person. Every major blessing. You can't find one blessing in your life that can't be traced back to a person. Every major blessing in your life happened because of somebody. Somebody downloaded something in you. You found out about. In fact, your character is linked to a person. Did you know that? Your character is linked to a person. My wife says it all the time. Her father died when she was a teenager. She said, but what I did do is I had a good pastor. 
And I can link my respect and honor for my husband today with how my pastor demonstrated and taught me how to deal with a man. It wasn't because of my dad. It's because of my pastor. I can link it back to a person. Anything that's going on in your life of a positive nature can be linked back to a person. Amen. Let's go to Genesis 12, uh, 30 and 27. Now, this is Jacob, by the way. And Jacob was getting ready to leave Laban. He was ready to do something else with his life. And Jacob had been a major blessing to Laban. Uh, how many know the blessing was on Jacob? The father, uh, you know, of Joseph and all these guys. And the blessing was on Joseph. The blessing was on Jacob's dad, Isaac. And of course, the blessing was on Isaac's dad. Guess who? Abraham. Right. So this family had the blessing on them. Jacob had the blessing on him. And it was because of him that uh, Laban was blessed. Let's read it in verse 27. Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in your eyes, tarry. This is the way your job ought to treat you when you get ready to resign. You ain't move on. And you tell them, all right, I found something else. They say, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we double your salary? Terry, what can we do to keep you? That's, that's, that's Laban represents the world. What can we do to keep you around? How, how much can we fatten up the pot? Okay, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for what? Thy sake. Let me give you a good interpretation of that. Please listen to me, New Living Translation. Laban replied, I have become wealthy. For the Lord has blessed me because of you. <laughs> I got where I got because of you. Because of the blessing on your life, my cattle company, it blew up. They were in the cattle business. It blew up. And we are selling more cattle than a little bit. Don't leave. No, Aetna, Anthem, Cigna. We're blessed because you work here. Novant, Carolina's Healthcare. We're blessed because you're in this department. Don't go. Right? Well, let's keep going. I'm proving my point. Are you being blessed? He says, I'm blessed because of you. But look at verse number 30 to further prove my point, please. Verse number 30. For it was, now watch how Jacob acknowledges it. And this is where I tell you I have no problem being a man of God. Not only did Laban say it to Jacob, a lot of people would say, that Jacob should have in humility pushed back and said, no, you would have been blessed without me. But that's not what he did. Jacob acknowledged it. That's powerful, y'all. Let's look at it in scripture. For it was a little which thou hast before I came. You know what Jacob just told that man? You're right. You didn't have nothing when I met you. Y'all enjoying Bible study tonight, aren't you? You didn't have a thing. When I met you, you were broke busted and disgusted this business was going under you're dead on Laban and now it is increased to a multitude and the Lord has blessed thee since my coming your life is going to be blessed since somebody's coming our lives will be blessed because of somebody. I don't mind telling you in humility. My life is blessed because of somebody. I learned family because of somebody. I learned prosperity because of somebody. I learned morality because of somebody. Come on. I learned business because of somebody. I learned church and preaching 
because of somebody. I didn't go to any preaching school, and no one ever sat down. This is going to bless you real good. And showed me how to do three points and how to exegete a text. I did, But it's amazing. Somehow God made me a professor in a seminary. But no one ever, no one ever taught me how to do that. Oh, I got a curveball for you. Where there is no teacher, there's a Holy Spirit. <laughs> Glory. He will teach you all things. I will be a father to the fatherless. He will teach you all things. Somebody's got to teach me. Gifts of the Spirit. You're going to learn wisdom if you didn't have a wise dad. If you had a mom that was heady and Jezebel in the flesh, you're going to learn wisdom by the Holy Ghost. But I got another curveball. You ready? Because a lot of people don't like to honor this. By the Holy Ghost using somebody to teach you. I say it to my young married couples all the time who are thinking about getting married. All right, you need a mentor now. Because you're going to have to learn how to talk to your husband. You need a mentor now because you're going to have to learn how to talk to your wife, how to deal with her. Somebody you are going to learn from in order to become who God wants you to be. I hope this isn't boring tonight. Understand that association is powerful. Over in Philippians 1 and 7, Paul said to the church at Philippi, he said, you are all partakers of my grace. Philippians 1 and 7. You have to turn there. But you all partakers of my grace. Paul was telling the church of Philippi, uh, you are partakers, and you break that word grace down, it means favor. You are partakers of the favor that's on my life. And it has everything to do with how you have supported me and the ministry. Well, this is why I always tell people, and the Bible doesn't really say like uh, priests like people. It actually says like people like priests. But it's still the same principle. People and priests ought to flock together and be the same way, believe the same thing, and prosper the same way. Be filled with the Holy Ghost the same way. There's a culture that's established in that. Like people like priests, man, everybody's doing good. They were all with one accord. They were all flourishing. If that's going to happen, though, you got to get the trickster out of you. You got to get dishonesty out of you. You have to have a change of heart. You got to do things God's way. But Paul said it. He said, you are partakers of my grace. Be portion of that scripture. Can I go on with the teaching tonight? Now, understand, and this is where I really want us to go. Some things are taught while other things are caught. You've heard that before. I'm not the one who originated that saying. But some things are taught while other things are caught. You will learn how to deal with your future husband by watching people who deal well with theirs. Not because they taught a Bible study on it all the time, but some things are taught while other things are caught. Let's go over to uh, Matthew 26, verse 72 through 73. I want you to see the power of influence. The power of influence. Matthew 26, please. The power of influence. Matthew 26. This is so powerful tonight, y'all. There, there are some things that will begin to happen in you just because you got the right friends. There'll be some things that begin to happen in you. I told you you're partakers of our grace because you, you're submitted to the right pastor. Amen? Amen. 
Everybody likes to quote Philippians 4.19, but thou shalt supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That scripture is not for everybody. You better read the context of it. That scripture are for people who supported pastors. Uh Uh-oh. That passage was for those who supported Paul. That's why he told them, you are partakers of my my goods. (laughs) He talked about Eurydice and and the other guys in that city and in that town who were so good to him. Pastor, are you teaching that for your own gain? If I have to go through that tonight, just, it's all right. Never mind. This ain't your lesson. Amen. Never mind. Not for you. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm talking to people tonight. I mean, just seriously, just close your Bible and put your pen up. Don't worry about it. I'm, ta- I'm talking to some people tonight who really, really understand the heart of the matter and the way you progress in life is understanding that the anointing that is on a mighty man of God is going to come on you contingent upon your heart. Contingent upon your disposition. Amen. So let's go over and let's see a mighty man of God, one who was much mightier than Gabe Rogers, that proved this point. Some things are taught while other things are caught. Matthew 26, please. Verse 72 through 73. Is it still working? Okay. Thank you. And again, listen to Peter now. This boy done started to cussing to prove to the people that he don't know Jesus. But I want to show you how Jesus was so in him that his speech betrayed him. You get around power long enough and the anointed long enough and suck it in long enough, you can't even try to be wrong. Speech betrayed. Look at him. Again, he denied with an oath, I know not the man. Which man is he talking about, church? Jesus. Now, Peter had been with Jesus for three years. Peter saw, I'm getting ready to show you in the book of Acts. Peter saw so much. My God, Peter saw people raised from the dead. It was Peter's mother-in-law that Jesus made a house stop to. Peter's shadow later in the book of Acts could heal people. So this man had some power wrapped up in him. But go to verse number 73. And of course, that's after the Holy Ghost. That's another lesson. But after a little while came Unto him they stood by and said to Peter, surely you're one of them, (laughs) for your speech berayeth thee or betrays thee. No, 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 Peter, you've been around Jesus. Everybody say the power of association. No, you go to that kingdom Christian church. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, no, because all them people down there are healthy, and them folk down there, they drive a nice car. No, you go to that church. Don't try to trick me. You got an anointing. You done cast the devil out of the secretary. I know you go to that church. You got the spirit of discernment on you. You go to that church right on over there. You laid hands on my sister and she had a baby. And you just a member. I know what church you go to. Your speech ought to betray you. Association. Well, that's enough to prove my point. But let's go to Acts chapter 4. We're going to let the word do the teaching tonight, baby. Yes, sir. Acts chapter 4. Peter tried to deny. He tried to act like he didn't know Jesus. But let's look at him post-Holy Ghost. (laughs) Let's look at him after the denial. Let's look at him after he came to Bible study on May 26th. Look at Acts chapter 4. Peter says it good. And I I love it. I love it. Acts chapter 4, verse 20. He says, 
For we cannot speak the things which we have seen and heard. You know what that passage actually means? We can't help but talk about the things that we have seen and heard. When you start spending time around the people of God, in fellowship, Acts chapter 2, with breaking of bread, and you continue to do that, you will not be able to abstain from who you are now becoming. We, we can't help but to speak the things we've seen and heard. They told Peter, stop, stop saying Jesus, stop preaching Jesus. Jesus said, look here, you may as well throw us in jail, flog us, do whatever you got to do, because we can't help to talk about that woman that got out of that wheelchair last Sunday. Now, I can't help but talk about that now. I, Y'all just going to have to be upset with me today because I can't help but talk about the power of God more and more because I'm around godly men at Coffee in the Bible. I'm around sweet women at, at, at women's tea, and I can't help but talk about the things that I see and hear in the present. Did I bring home my point? So association is huge, y'all, because it changes your heart. It changes your disposition. Now, you still got to manage your heart, but it changes your heart. What is your heart? Your heart is the area of belief. We don't have time to go there, but Romans 10 and 10 says, with the heart, one believes. Well, you get around other people that's doing it, your heart going to start, you're going to start saying, yeah, I can't have a baby at 40. Sure can. Yeah, man, I can drive an escalator. I can. I can have one of them cars with a cooler. And armrest. I can. I sure can. Oh my God, I can sell houses too. All them, man, they close on them. Oh, I'm going to sell me some of them. Association. Association. Oh, I can get a scholarship to college too. I sure can. I can go to college. Yeah, association. You start getting around people that's talking about, man, oh man. I go and I meet God. It, this blessed my heart so much when I was at the folks house the other day. And oh, man, it almost made me cry. I went up and they let me see their, their bedroom. And, and, and one of them said, Pastor, and these are our, our two chairs in our sitting area, just like you and First Lady. That's association. That's what that is. And I'm telling you, I think their sitting area is bigger than mine. That's all I'm trying to say. Now, in association, you're not supposed to be better. Stay down here. That's a different type of, of teaching. That's the envious teaching, so we're not going to be envious. Amen. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But, man, a beautiful sitting area. Well, you know, you, you hear about that. And then we went to their backyard, and they said, you know, Pastor, you know how you talk about how you meet God in the backyard? This is that area where we meet God. Now, where did they get that from? Association. I'm proud of it. Partakers of our grace. I'm going to let you in on a secret for every pastor, and, and I'm just going to take my time tonight. Every pastor's joy is to see people become disciples. And not just disciples of him, disciples of Jesus. They start being like Jesus. They start acting like Jesus. They start saying, I can't do that anymore because I just observed in you. I just saw in so-and-so. You know what? I was so inspired by that testimony. Oh, don't just use the pastor, Lori and Anthony. Oh, how many people went and got 
a house with zero credit, as soon as they stood up and said, God took us out of bankruptcy, and now we got a house, folks said, whatever. I'm coming. And that's not to make you jealous. The Bible says he that compares himself by another is not wise. So never look at somebody else's stuff and start to say, I'm in, I just got to have that. No, you don't know what path God got you on. You honor what God has you on. You become who God has you to become. You be who God has called you to be. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Some of us are going to be great. There will be others who will be greater. Some will be good and praise the Lord. Whatever your level is, embrace that level because in the kingdom, the guy who had five talents got in just like the guy who had two talents. Just make sure you're not the guy with one talent that went and buried it and that got envious. At least be the guy with two talents and use what the Lord gives you to do. Glory to God. That's what we're to be. I don't, I don't want to look at anybody and see, I got to clear that up because the devil will mess with somebody's mind. You don't go with somebody else, oh, man, they got 4,000. I, I better have that, too. And here the Lord's so ready to give you 2,000 right, right. square feet. And that's so nice. And it's what you can afford. And it would be in your budget. And you can still go to the movies. You don't got to sit on the floor. You can afford a furniture set. Yeah, you, I mean, the Lord wanted to bless you. But you looking at, you just looking at somebody else's stuff. Amen. There will be greater and great. And then you'll move to greater. But somebody say, I'm going to blossom right where I am. Man, this is a good teaching tonight. Everybody say associations. Associations, again, uh, uh, they, they impact your heart. They impact, impact how you believe. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 12, 34, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You get around people in association, you'll start saying what they're saying. You'll say what they're saying. People, I mean, they're buzz phrases you'll use. It's hilarious. One of my trusted DPs, I won't use everybody's name, but one of my trusted DPs here at the ministry who, who I, I think has, has, has been faithful, you know, and so you trust them to help and disciple people. Well, I was around one of our, our single sisters the other day. I said, how you doing? She said, most excellent. I said, girl, you done heard that from somebody else. You don't talk like that. You don't even talk like that. Talking about something most excellent. You know, good and doggone well, that ain't your word. That's good. That's not bad. And I told you I'm not going to use anybody's name. I'm embarrassed nobody because I'm just going to make you laugh a little bit. But that's good. That's what it's supposed to be like. What's your disposition? You know, I love getting to church seeing another brother growing a beard. I say, praise the Lord. That's good. It's association. Amen. It's a blessing. Go on and grow it if that's what you want to do. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. That's association. You know? You're acting like. You're becoming like. You know, I can give you so many examples of that. I've seen that in this city. Oh, my God, I'm not even going to cite examples 
because I don't want to take you people back. But I remember certain pastors with certain hairstyles and all of their members, <laughs> men members, same certain pastors process their hair. Somebody else going to come out. Hair process. Slick down, they coming out. Now, that's just the truth. Amen. Paul said, though, be imitators. Paul said we are examples. That's what it's supposed to be like. And then praise the Lord, in many cases, you get to surpass your mentor. Your mentor takes you to a certain level, and you get to take all their tools and skills and then say, okay, let me add that to what God already placed in me, and then God makes you great. Joshua was greater than Moses. He was greater than Moses. Bottom line, Joshua in one book did what Moses couldn't get done in five. Get your theology on track. How long did they stay in the wilderness with Moses? Joshua start conquesting lands, and if you read Joshua 13 and 1, don't turn there, but just, just by heart, it's not even in my notes. The Bible says Joshua was conquesting so much land, then he stood up before the people. He was getting old and everything, but he said there still remains more. And Moses and them couldn't even get in the promised land. So it's not about jealousy. It's not about who's the best, who's the better. It's simply about saying, God, make me a student and let me fellowship with the right people. Let me get around the right folk. Let me get around folk that I know is going somewhere and understand that that will bless your life. See, fear and doubtful associations, guess what they lead to? Fear and doubtful heart. Believing associations lead to a believing heart. You know, God will bless you immensely. So I'm going to give you some points, and I'm going to let you go home, and I think I've done my job for the night. How to pick the right association. <laughs> Glory to God. And I put this in the form of questions, and then you answer them on your free time. I'm going to give you at least three questions, in some cases more than three, but how to pick the right associations. How do you pick the right associations? Number one, ask yourself this question. What makes this connection a healthy one? Ask that question. I know what makes my connection to Stephanie Rogers healthy. I know that. I know what makes my connection to others healthy. My connection to my friend pastors, I know what makes it healthy. Well, they model uh, some things that either I aspire to or I am, and vice versa. What makes this connection healthy? Right? That's how you know whether or not you are in a good association. Now, this is just some letters under number one. We're not on number two yet, but this is just like some examples. Are they um, in a place of unhappiness concerning their marriage just like me? Because in those cases, you got to be careful. You know, she's unhappy, you're unhappy. And y'all just get along so well. Why? Some of that stuff gives birth to some real lesbianism. Sure do. That's what that stuff comes for. Don't need a man, don't want. He did what? Girl, come on over. That's what gives birth to it. Just wickedness. No, we, we don't need no man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, watch this. Are they a divorcee just like me? Now, nothing wrong with being divorced, especially when it was not under your control. But I'm talking about they're unhappily divorced. They're scorned. And they just migrate to you because you got divorced too. Because, see, those people will tutor you. They'll tutor you and you don't even know it. Because I'm telling you, it's by osmosis. It gets in you. They're scorned, you're scorned. And you weren't so scorned till you met them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love this, and you may not be able to write this, but just listen to it because it's long. Are they one of the ones that I'm growing from in this season in my life, or do they produce more questions than answers? Am I growing from them, or do they produce more questions than answers? Do they cause me to question certain things, not only about myself, but about my purpose and destiny? Or am I actually growing from that? See, relationships ought not be mysterious. I, I don't know where you stand on. I don't know your posture in. I don't ever hear you talk about your husband. I, all I know is you want to go shoot pool with me to 2 in the morning. That leaves more questions. You're a brother and you don't want to go home? How do I pick the right association? This is so good. Number two. Is this person endorsed by God in my life? Has God endorsed that person to be in your life? Is that not a good one? Did God put his endorsement on them? Do you know for a fact that God has endorsed you to be in relationship with this person? People wonder why we don't have many uh, new faces coming in to preach at KCC. I'm careful. I got to find out who God's endorsing. A big church don't mean God endorsed them. A little church doesn't mean God hadn't endorsed them. Sometimes those are the right ones. A little church doesn't mean God has endorsed them. Be spiritual and look at the signs. Now, let me bring that home as a pastor. Now, this is where I get to be pastor. And please listen to this, especially my new people, my new people, my new people. Please, my new people, I really want you to hear pastor on this. One of the ways. You know, and in whether or not a person is endorsed by God for you to be in relationship is to pay attention to who your pastor endorses. Especially in here. Does he endorse them? Or does he refrain from touching them? I'm telling you. And I'm going to let you in on a hint. It ain't even a hint. I'm just going to go there. The people that I have endorsed, they're going to be the folk teaching your cluster group. And watch this. When they no longer have my endorsement, they won't be teaching your cluster group. That's a hint. They don't, I don't care who they are. They don't have my endorsement anymore. Are they teaching your group? You can come in relationship with Pam because I think Pam was leading the prayer with me on Wednesday. I don't think I'm going to pray with the devil. I think if Pam had the devil in her, I'd, I'd stop her from praying on Wednesday. Who you in, who, who, who's the preacher endorsing? And see, some people reject that. He a man just like me. And that's why you're going to be sitting next to, to, to Jezebel and Delilah. Because some of them are in this church. They're in every church. You're going to be sitting right, and she'll be messing your life up, speaking and, and kissing you every Sunday, speaking curses over you. 
does your preacher endorse? What, what woman is pouring into your life? If it were me, I'd say, who he got teaching the women? Did he put them up to teach the women? Does he use them to do a small group? Now, that don't mean you won't have friends who are not over, but you better check in. Ask your DP, hey, so-and-so getting kind of close with me. She okay? Uh-oh. Is she all right? Because she, she just want to be chummy, chummy with me. And I figured I'd ask somebody who knows. Because I'm going to tell you something about my DPs. They're going to tell you. Because I told them to tell you. They're going to say, ah! <laughs> Rhonda going to say, no, 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 no. honey. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And pastor, give me Bible to back that up. Paul said in Romans to mark them which cause divisions. Put a mark on them and let everybody know this brother right here is a whoremonger. Stay away from him. He will mess your life up. This woman right here is the wicked witch from the West with a spirit of rebellion all over her. Stay away from her because she's cursed. What am I doing these days? I'm I'm pastoring. I'm pastoring, baby. That's what I'm doing. I'm pastoring. In Bible study, I'm pastoring. On Sunday morning, I'm pastoring. How do you know who God has endorsed and who, well, who, and watch this. Your favorite televangelist. I have named some of the right people to listen to. So why are you choosing to listen to somebody just because they got a neat accent? And they got a lot of charisma. And they're thin. And they remind you of Bruce Lee. I mean, why, why, are you, why are you choosing to listen to people like that who preach hyper grace when I've emphatically told you the right folk to listen to? I, I, I told you the right people to listen to. No. What's up? Pastor don't know. Why are you reaching back? Uh-oh, to old members. Who left full of the devil. Who weren't able to come in the promised land because God didn't let them. And you still going on play dates with them as if there's no other kids to play. <laughs> oh, shucks. What in the world? I don't understand it. They, they still doing work on your house. I just, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't. Seem like to me, I would have told somebody else. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Who are you associating with? Well, that's kind of occultish. Well, I don't think we got any Kool-Aid machines in the back. I, I don't think we asked anybody to do any of that. I don't think we've done any cult type stuff here. I just I think we've been preaching the Bible. I just I don't think nobody trying to control your life don't want to. Don't have time to. One of the reasons why I don't have time to control people, I, I just, or I don't control people, I, I don't have time to. It takes too much effort to manipulate folks. Because you got to keep up with the lies you tell. So you got to keep up with them. You know, I'm not going to manipulate you into giving on the capital campaign Sunday. Are you crazy? Get up here and lie and say, God has shown me. With a raspy voice. 
So you feel good about dropping $18,000 in the bucket or something like that. Now, if you give $18,000, you'll do it because you were able to and the Spirit of God led you to do it. But you won't do it because I told you that by tomorrow this time. I'm not going to tell you that unless God says that. When you put your offering in these buckets, I want you to be able to leave them there. Put them in there and be happy that you gave it. Careful, amen. Be glad that you released it with no repercussions, no sense of, well, maybe this, maybe. mm -mm. And watch this, no strings connected. No, I'm, I'm giving out of a pure heart. That's why I did it. So who's the pastor endorsed and who did he not endorse? That's specifically for my new people. You don't shout with everybody. Get some discernment. Amen. Young people, you don't run with everybody. And it's not just in the church, it's in your school. Now, I don't know everybody at your school, but who's God endorsing, y'all? You guys going away to college? Who's the Lord endorsing? And watch this. This is so good for my college students. Just because they run a Bible study don't mean God endorsing them. Some of those are the craziest. Those be the sex traps right there. You know, that spooky looking fella that wears sandals and, you know, he's the senior leader and he prays in tongues and and he says, friends, I don't know what this means, but I feel like we just need to get naked before the Lord right now. We just need to get naked before God. God wants us transparent tonight. All that foolishness. No, you go away to college, you find a pastor Gabe, you find a church, you get in that Bible study, you be taught all of these secularized outside circuits with no pastor. Amen. And then I like number three, and I'm closing on this. I'm closing on this. I love you guys tonight. I'm just, I'm doing the best I can to help people now. Now, if you get in a train wreck, it's not going to be my fault, because I told you. I told you. One of the things Pastor Gabe does when I find out about some stuff and somebody's serving, I sit them down. They just going to sit on down. Now, you still go ahead and lock in with them after I sit them down. I ain't Amen. It's up to you, because I told you. Number three. Do I see and discern, this is my final point, do I see and discern the evidence of the blessing on their life? How to pick the right association. Do I see and discern the evidence of the blessing on their life? Everybody got say, you can't just see it. Because wicked people have stuff. So it can't be by what you see. Wicked people have chandeliers. And vaulted ceilings. Oh, yeah, Kanye West has that. Do I see and discern, though, the evidence? Just because you drive a certain way, that don't mean that you got the evidence of the blessing. Wicked people are wealthy. You got to see and discern. That's who I want to associate with, people I can see and discern. Amen. I can see and discern. This person has the spirit of God. I discern that you are, that, isn't that what that widow, that woman said? No, she wasn't a widow, but it says to Elijah, I discern that you are a man of God. You got to discern that. That means you got to be in the spirit. You got to be in the spirit. Amen. 
You got to be in the spirit. And you don't have to be on edge and you don't have to be anxious. I don't want to create anxiety in this ministry. We want a fellowship. I'm not talking about that. But you got you to see and discern the evidence of the what on their life? Blessing. We're getting ready to close. Y'all, the blessing. You can look at somebody and say, now that person has the blessing. I clear they got the blessing. Man, it's just, mm-hmm. It was working for them. <laughs> no, that's the blessing. Y'all know what the blessing is. It's God's stuff on your stuff. Come on. It's super on your natural. You know all those sayings. Come on. That's the blessing. You got the blessing on you, man. You're going and things just work. Joseph had the blessing on him. I don't have time to teach too much on that, but he had the blessing on him. You know what his brothers did that was so foolish? They didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize it. Joseph had the blessing on him. They didn't have the blessing on them. Got him now. Joseph had the blessing on him.